Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. I guess you're the one that says welcome. I say hi from Denver. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, go retro on us. Yeah. This is Sarah in Portland. <laughs> Dimity in Denver. Yeah. Because it's airing right the day before this is kind of Christmas Eve-ish, right? Uh, cr- yes, in a way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So in for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I was there in Denver. It was good to see you out there. Yes. Even though it was 60 something degrees, it's like, where is our snow? It's coming soon. It's supposed to be like 12 by the end of the week. So, well, cause when Phew. I was, when I was there and I went running, it was 13 degrees when I ru- went running in my capris. Oh, okay. Um, so it's gone up and down. Yes. In your capris, Sarah. Uh-huh. Hi, Sarah. No tight Shay. Hi. <laughs> I, I want my ankle to be as chapped and red as possible. <gasps> so no, but I mean, oh my gosh, a dry cold is so much quote warmer than a, a damp cold in my, in my estimation. Oh, so. it is. It is for sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I remember when I used to like, you know, put up pictures of like, oh, it was eight degrees and I went out running and, you know, people from Connecticut would be like, that's not really eight degrees. It's more like, you know, 28. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. kind of, but <laughs> you don't live here. So it's eight degrees. <laughs> so, and I found a nickel while I was there. So in, uh, oh, good. in Katie's neighborhood. Yep. City of riches. Yep. 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 So, uh, so are you, is your household ready for uh, Santa's arrival? Um, I think we are, you know, I was, uh, yes. I mean, yes, of course we are. I mean, he's come, the day is coming whether I'm ready or not. So we will be ready. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like a steamroller. You can't stop. So, I mean, it's week. you know, it's, it's definitely been an interesting, um, just with having kids in different school districts this year. So oh. it's just a little bit, you know, um, like they have the whole week off of Thanksgiving, which mm-hmm. is fine, you know, except for the whole week off is a whole week off. <laughs> um, and then they have this Friday off. So, and then they have two full weeks off and then the Monday after that. So, you know, not that I'm counting, but that's 12 school days and 16 full days of, you know, um, and why, why you know, the mo- intimate contact. Why do they get January 8th off? Like that is so bogus. Oh, like teacher planning. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything derogatory because teachers deserve our love, but I kind of wish that they, I just wish they had a teacher planning day more in the middle of January, right? Well, I mean, also- they, they can have a day to plan. That's fine. But just not after having a lot of time off. <laughs> well, because might I point out, I'm pretty sure the following Monday is MLK day. Yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. So what about you? I mean, how much, how much does yours, how much school do your kids have off? So they have, so this is, um, as we record this on December 19th, they have this whole week off and then all, oh. all of next week and then January 1st. So, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. Well, I do, see now that's fine. Cause I find it interesting that you all stay in school until like, you know, that, that you go into January with your break, which I think probably works out better because I bet there's fewer people traveling that week, that first week of January, you know, so that, cause I, I mean, the entire city of Portland just empties out the moment school lets out everybody who has more money than I do goes on vacation. Like, where are they going? Oh, like- Mexico, Hawaii. Um, yeah, those are the two top locations, you know, Costa Rica, you know, Belize, Costa that type Rica. of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ole, ole. Fun. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. I mean, people go skiing here, um, mm, yeah. but it's not, it's not, I don't see that as much, at least with, with my crowd. So. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be a nice Christmas. It'll always, you know, it's always better on the other side because then you can kind of talk about, you know. I, I have put out the edict, though, that I need no pens. 
I need no paper. I definitely need no post-it notes. That's typically what fills my stocking. And I cleaned out my office a couple months ago and my pound of post-it notes, I mean, my pile of post-it notes, you know, is just, if anyone lives in Southeast Denver and needs a post-it note, stop by because I've got so many. I wish you told me that, Dan, because I have so few post-it notes and I have to rely on like ones that Jack gets from, you know, title companies and insurance brokers and things like that. Oh so my mine, mine right. always well, say something. I know I'm getting something. you for Christmas. If they're a little used, a little, you know, turned up at the edges, don't be, don't, don't judge. But, and the, the funny thing is my kids always need them for their school supplies too. And I'm always like, I have these at home. And Ben's like, no, you don't, mom. You don't have the kind I want, you know? And so then we end up buying, you know, another pad of post-it notes so yeah what do you want for christmas here oh well i did i told jack this morning that i i let him know that i bought myself a few christmas presents yeah, um yeah. so and then what i did tell him that i sincerely wanted you like this that i told him that i wanted a very specific type of garbage small garbage can for our back porch to put the dog poop bags in because I, yes. d- I don't like bringing them into the house and I don't want to have to open the garage door every time I want to put them in the actual garbage can, you know, that then sits out on the curb. And so, yes. I'm, so I'm telling them, so I'm like, oh, I want to be metal. I want to be, you know, the kind that you step on. And so the lid pops open and I want um, liner bags that eat odor and all this stuff. And he's like, well, first of all, we shouldn't put metal out on there. It should be plastic. And I, don't, I didn't understand that rationale. And then he goes, oh, well, you know, we have that little garbage can that all you have to do is lift off the lid. That'll be good for you. I'm like, okay, the one thing I asked for has just been shot down. <laughs> like the totally practical, very specific present. Oh, no, no, no. We have one, you know, some bogus one sitting out in the garage. that will do just fine for you, Sarah. There you go. Wrap don't don't want to spoil you there, wifey poo. <laughs> I wanted a garbage can for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no. Post-it notes to put in it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but the thing, um, and uh, people, if you're listening with your children, this would be the time to skip ahead maybe a minute or two. But um, I have to say that my 12-year-old seventh grade son still believes in the fellow with the white beard and the red suit. So um, we have to specifically wrap some presents from Santa. And I realized the other day that all along I've been thinking, oh, I have to hold out a couple of John's presents to wrap up like they're from Santa. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That doesn't make the Santa story hold water. Like Santa has to bring something for everyone. So I'm like, oh, we might have to unwrap some gifts and put it in Santa paper from the presents for Phoebe and Daphne. I mean, I mean, in this age of YouTube and Instagram. I mean, mean, we talked about this last year. He's not pulling your leg. You're 100% confident in that. No, 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 no. And also because Daphne has come up to me and whispered. She's like, Mom, John still believes in Santa. And um, oh, yeah, he. Oh, oh, I mean, he, he. it's a very, it's the most sincere tone in his voice when he talks about Santa. Oh, well, so, good. I mean, that's, that's very cute and lovely and that's worth the extra, yeah. you know, effort is to unwrap and then wrap them up in some other things. Yeah. But all I got to say is thank God that Elf on the Shelf did not happen with our children. Oh, I know. Because, oh, my oh my God. That thing is such a P-I-T-A for... Can I can I share the elf on the shelf? Because I'm also very thankful that it wasn't in existence when my kids were younger. And so, but uh, when I was out there in Denver on business, I stay with our director of marketing, Katie. And um, she has three adorable, adorable small girls. Um, I believe they are eight, seven, no, maybe like seven, no, eight, seven, and five. 
And um, so they have Charlie, their elf on the shelf. And I arrived um, late in the evening. And so Katie let me hide it. And the next morning, the girls come down. Sarah, would you like to see our elf on the shelf? I'm like, oh, yes, yes, please. And, you know, they take to show me what I'd hidden the night before. And uh, then the next morning, they come down again. Sarah, do you want to see our elf on the shelf again? And I'm like, yes. And so the, so Charlie was in this large potted plant. And he'd fallen onto his side like he was sort of slipping out of the little ficus tree or whatever it was and um and his hat had fallen into the dirt you know the potted dirt below and so i um was going to pick up the hat but i start by reaching out to um write charlie and Maeve goes no don't touch him and i'm like why she goes he'll lose his magic it'll kill him and, oh, <laughs> and my and she's it's oh I'm, drastic. I adore me oh I just love Maeve and she has these little glasses and she looks so earnest and my mind just scrambles I'm like thinking like oh how can I have like some Oregonian you know magical powers that don't kill elves and I'm like I didn't touch it for very I didn't touch him for very hardly at all hardly at all I'm sure he's fine I'm sure he's fine so she just like gives me the stink eye and walks <laughs> and walks out of the and walks upstairs and not. 20 seconds later, little five-year-old Annie comes downstairs, walks right over to me, and she goes, Sarah, did you touch our elf on the shelf? <laughs> oh, my god! So she must have, like, Mae must have run upstairs and immediately, Sarah touched the elf on the shelf! <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so wow. I mean, and she was serious as a heart attack. I mean, it was crazy so i just thought oh my gosh now i'm going to be you know i think i might have to find a hotel the next time i go to denver well exactly i don't know is charlie is charlie alive have you have we checked him lately so um so katie tried to explain it and and i haven't dare asked whether he's you know whether he's fine i'm sure that the christmas magic has been restored it's it's amazing how it works like yeah maybe he's like a rechargeable battery or something you know you can just plug him in plug him in plug him into usb port he'll be fine um <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, and I get John's biggest gift, you know, was is the puppy, is Augie. The puppy, I know, Augie. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to meet him in person. I know. I think we gotta have our next meeting out there just so we can meet him. I know. I loved when I to- I got to tell you in person, which was I was so excited to tell you in person, Dim. And uh, yeah. the, the few people I told beforehand, I'm like, this news is embargoed because I want to tell Dimity in person. <laughs> and, uh, um, so. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, and then when I told you, you were like, oh, the earth, it's going to, the apocalypse is now. The earth is ending. I can't believe this. <laughs> I know. Well, honestly, because you would, n- I mean, I just never thought you would get a dog. And it's so funny because like every, well, not every commercial, but every time I'd see a French bulldog in the next couple of days, I'd be like, oh, Sarah just got one of those. Sarah has one of those. He's a puppy. He's four and a half months old. And my kids are like, yeah, mom, we know. We know. And I'm like, all right, all right. Son, I'm just excited. <laughs> So yeah, so um, so he is just a lump of love, um, but he's also a poop machine, and um, so it turns out that that's what it was very frustrating to me because it just seemed like he was forever pooping, and it wasn't. Let's just say it wasn't very solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, so Molly, um, my best running friend, and is also a veterinarian, so she. Um, took him to her office today to um, save me the trip of taking him in. And she's going to run a couple tests and give him a couple of the shots that he needs and uh, probably put him on some type of little thing. They'll work that magic. But I, but I, you will be very pleased to know that I was like, oh, he's going to be going all day. I'm going to miss him so much. 
you know, I was like cuddling him and kissing him before she took him. It was like I was like sending my child off to kindergarten or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. So but I do have to I'm like, oh, now I can like, you know, do work uninterrupted and go down and work in the basement for an hour while I do inventory or something because he just wants nothing more than to sit in my lap. And it keeps me very tied to my chair. So and I am considering getting like basically a dog Bjorn so that I can wear him on my chest. <laughs> oh, okay, Sarah, can I just put the kibosh on that? I just don't think you're going to want that. I mean, I just... All right, well, do what, do what feels Because good. then I can, I, can... Get, I can get up and down. Like, with him sitting in my lap, oh my gosh, my, my, my sit bones hurt just thinking I about know, it. I know, but I think... Um, I don't know. I, okay. If you, need, if, that, if you feel like that's going to solve your problems, good. That, that, then, then go ahead. I just think... Wearing a dog on your chest is a little unnatural. I think that I think he's old enough to have to be able to be put on the floor and follow you around, or have a bed that he could lay on and be, you know. Yeah. I don't know. What does Molly say about a Bjorn? Oh, I haven't asked her about it yet. Yeah. She oh. she just before I got the dog, she's like, Sarah, don't breastfeed the dog. <laughs> yeah, I would say let's defer to Molly the vet on that. One. Okay. Especially uh-huh. because you don't want to. I feel like he's so little that you're going to end up carrying him around forever. Uh-huh. Right. Like oh, you're like you're saying that his size. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not. I mean, talk about hurt your body and you know, get a couple side eyes along the way. <laughs> he's like he's like John. John wanted to be carried or held in like a you know a, a sling until he's I don't know like three, and he was a little dude too. So um, yeah. Oh my gosh, just don't. And, and also, I don't know. Have you ever heard a French bulldog? It, they don't bark. They make very funny kind of. Um, flipper the dolphin noises. Um, huh. No, I didn't know that. Oh, it's very bizarre. The first time he did it, um, I was heading out. I'd put him in his crate, and I was heading out to go on a run with Molly, and it sounded like there was an 80-year-old woman being murdered in our, in our kitchen, like where I oh left him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I must have like put the, you know, the 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 crate, you know, holder like through his paw or something. I go in, he's just like, mm, I'm just not very happy in here. And I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think a little, uh, I would Tough do love. training and all that stuff before I would get a Bjorn person. I would do some puppy classes, some dog training. Um, yeah. Because I've been watching, and uh, this, I won't make this long, but our new favorite show, like a couple weeks ago, um, before a holiday party, like we were just looking to kill some time. Mm-hmm. And so we turned on Animal Planet, and mm-hmm. they're two of the best. I mean, I just, it's the first one's called dog versus cat. And they like basically are trying to um, make these two animals get along. It's like a situation where like they've come in with a roommate or, you know, or like it's. Or us bringing a new puppy into uh, Miller's domain and he's not happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh But it's usually a dog that's pretty aggressive. And so it's usually a cat that gets a short end of the stick. Mm. And so that's pretty interesting. Um, There's a cat expert who loves the word catification. So they have like highways that can go up above where the dog can't go oh my god um, that's one and then the next show that comes on after that one is called my big fat dog makeover which <laughs> is or my big fat pet makeover maybe because uh-huh. bow nugget was the cat and gracie was the dog and oh my god amelia and i were just in hysterics because <laughs> i mean they're just these round round things and they have to you know wear their fitbits and oh my gosh you know, um, but it's just it's very cute and they have this winch um to weigh the dogs like uh-huh. they they basically like the scale travels with them and yeah. they have to like winch them up in a harness and <laughs> i don't know you kind of have to see it but it's 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 worth uh but it was it, the, the behavior is really interesting i mean that's what's interesting to me is um like they teach them how to you know if they're pulling not pulling the ch- chain if they're 
Um, you know, if they're like too needy of you or whatever, they just, I mean, these experts obviously know their stuff, obviously they have uh-huh. television and they, you know, it's the next version of Caesar Milan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. Anyway. All right. Well, hey, all right. So let's skip over Christmas, Chris, skip over dogs and get to the new year. Get right? to the new and year. The, yes. Um, theme of our show, right? Yes. So, cause today's topic was suggested by two of our train like a mother club coaches, how to set realistic New Year's resolutions. Um, Dimity and I will be joined by coach MK Fleming right after this brief break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach MK. For folks who might not be familiar with you, I know it's hard to believe there are such people, but um, or who need a refresher course, give us a thumbnail of your background as a runner and as a coach, please. Yeehaw, born and raised in a very rural part of Tennessee. I started jogging with my father as part of his cardio rehab after a series of heart attacks when I was six years old. Mm. Uh, So I've been running for 30 years. I started marathoning um, 20 years ago um, because my little rural school did not have a track or and still does not have a track or cross country team. So I'll just uh, jog the way that I had been taught to jog with him. And that parlayed quite well into marathons. I started coaching in 2014 when I couldn't find a coach that um, I was confident would be able to help me navigate my post baby, post Irish twins um, Mm. and new to altitude reality, having just moved to Denver. And um, yet then I met Dimity McDowell Davis by a beautiful accident a year after that. And it's just been it's magic awesome. ever, ever since <laughs> so you didn't run before or you weren't into um as seriously into running before you had kids or is that inaccurate oh no i was pretty serious mm-hmm. i was just, i mean if you'd asked me i was a serious runner i got mm-hmm. caught up um and when we moved it, it's again it's just so non-traditional when i went to georgetown i have no sense of direction <laughs> and i am a like i mentioned i'm a country kid so my mother was a little concerned she wanted me to find people to run with, you know, big bad city and you might get lost and you'll never come back. And this is before Garmin's and cell phones and, or even beepers. I mean, if you'd uh-huh. had a beeper, if you were a doctor or a drug dealer, the same thing with a, <laughs> with a cell phone back then. So, um, that, all the, all that was out of the question. Anyway, it's just funny. It's like the land before time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I fell in with a group of people, a track club that I didn't realize I was not qualified to run with, and I just uh, hung on for dear life on my long runs and um, started thinking and looking at at the world the way that they did. And um, it took me about 10 more years for me to look back and realize that, you know, maybe I wasn't, maybe I wasn't slow after all. Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) But these are people that, I mean, if they ran a 245 marathon, they thought it was a disaster. Oh boy. And I had, and I had no frame of reference. They were my sole frame of reference for all things running related for about 10 years. Oh boy. What a bubble to live in. I know. Right. (laughs) It's funny. I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I remember running my first marathon finishing in 323 and I made them late, the carpool late to get back. Um, and all I heard about was I was an hour behind everybody else. You were an hour behind us, an hour behind us. And I cried for like weeks after that because no one else knew anything about distance running either. So I'd be like, I ran a marathon. How's your marathon go? I was an hour behind everyone else. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, it, and then like, I think when I was 27 was the first time I realized that a 323 wasn't that bad. Yeah, I'd say so. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, I was pretty serious before. Um, I I kind of got out of the seriousness for a bit to go to grad school. 
and then um, completely stepped away from the seriousness, um, knowing that my body was about to be completely decimated by four children. Although I never could have predicted how difficult this fourth one Mm -hmm. has proven to be. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm on, I'm on bed rest and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet. (laughs) So you and coach Amanda schemed up this topic, which makes sense as you head up the heart rate training and the train like, I'm sorry, let me do it again. Uh, MK, you and Coach Amanda schemed up this topic, which makes sense because you head up the heart rate training and um, Coach Amanda oversees the traditional programs in the, heart, in the Train Like a Mother Club. What was the impetus for you guys to suggest this? Um, January is one of my favorite months of the year. And it's also one of you know the most difficult months of the year for me as a coach because everyone will make these huge, grandiose New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to put my name in the Leadville lottery and it's going (laughs) to be glorious. And then, um, and so everyone jumps in and they see, they, they, they see themselves as pursuing one goal, one task. I'm like, um, no, to achieve that one goal, you just added about 10,000 tasks to your already too long to do list. And within a, by the end of January, 90% of the people, of the new people that um, I'm interacting with will no longer be working with me for various reasons because the reality of what they've signed up for or the work required will have set in and that's when they realize they don't. So I'm not here to... Um, I, I really, I, we did the goal setting sessions last week. And part of the mm-hmm. reason why we wanted to do that in December was to sort of prevent that from happening. Let's talk through, I wanted to talk through um, all goal setting with all of my clients and, and say, you know, I want you to have what you want. Let's see what's reasonable, what's, what makes sense and get this on paper before we get caught up in the new year's resolution mayhem with a whole bunch of people that don't know anything about running and are going to lead you as astray as the track club did for me when I was in my twenties. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so I know that you and coach Amanda who um, couldn't make this episode due to family health crisis um, that you ladies want to make it clear that you're not dissuading Bammers from setting big goals. Shoot. No, no. I mean, I'm an ambitious person. I have big goals. Um, what kind of makes mine different though, is I think I'm more realistic about the time frame. Mm-hmm. The last podcast we did, I said, I'm, I'm acutely aware I will not be setting another PR until at least 2022. And mm-hmm. that sounds forever away, but yeah. I've got six weeks and five days to go on this pregnancy. Not that I'm <laughs> counting. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, last all of my children. It's, it's shorter than the school vacation, so I got to give her that. At least I'll take that. And the school vacation shorter. School vacation shorter. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, if if I if everything between now and then, that realistically, that's the soonest I could be back into PR shape because my PRs are pretty fast. So if if I was going into every training cycle being like PR or bust, bigger or bust. It would be a very, it would probably take 10 years. Um, it would take twice as long. I'd be demoralized most of the time and I'd probably be injured. And that's just not a fate I want for anyone. We can have big dreams, um, but it's a dream until you start working towards it. And that work needs to start with small, ach- achievable, attainable steps. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to emphasize for your new, res- your, your new Year's resolutions. Coach Amanda and I really wanted to sort of beg people instead of like going huge and going hard, whatever that dream in your heart is, we're not going to try to talk you out of it. I'm not going to try to, to like, get you to change it. You want to lose 50 pounds, learn to play the piano, learn Italian, run a marathon, do Leadville. 
I don't care. I don't care. I'm not here to judge your goal. What I'm here to help you do is decide what the next best step is. And it's probably not advanced Italian if you've never studied it before. <laughs> and it's probably not, I, I don't even know what the equivalent would be. That's how little I know about the piano. Do your kids take piano? Um, it would just not be, uh, you know, you're not composing before you learn, you know, Mary had a little lamb. And learn your scales. Yeah. Learn your you're scales, learn, exactly. And you're going to be good with Mary had a little lamb and move on from there. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. so, but, uh, but you know, you're kind of, you're a little, you are on the one hand are a little bit joking, but I mean, it is so true when you put it, when you take it out of running terms, it becomes that much more evident how, um, how progressive your goals need to be because, you know, you're not going to be having a, you know, piano solo at, you know, Lincoln Center, you know, two weeks after you take up learning to play the piano much less by the end of 2017 uh, mm -hmm. or 2018. The mm -hmm. example I love to give um, because I'm, you know, I will, I own my mistakes. I lived in Japan for four years um, and I spoke no Japanese when I arrived. I had a full-time job. I was not there as a college student to learn Japanese. I was trying to learn enough Japanese to function. And in my final year, they asked if I, I had been in the same beginner Japanese class for three years. <laughs> because reading is one of those languages you can't learn to read and write and speak at the in tandem like you can Spanish. Mm -hmm. So like I could, I could function, I could do things, but I couldn't read or, or write or listen to the news, for example. Um, and I was a little frustrated. I was like, I want to bump this up a little bit. I want to get more serious. They're like, you don't have time to get more serious. So like you, you don't have the skills required to go into the intermediate class. I was like, I've been in this class for three years. Put me in the intermediate class. And I got there and I couldn't do the work. And within a week and a half, I'd had to be dropped back down. And it was mm -hmm. like my ego drove that decision. Mm -hmm. And I've told that story to several people in T-Land Club. And that, the response I always get is, well, I would never do that. God, mm -hmm. I'm not dumb. I would never do that. I'm like, but mate, you sure? You sure? Because we've all kind of done that with one goal or another. And it's not a bad thing. It's just easy to get caught up and conflate ambition and optimism with realistic expectations. Well, and I want to just point out, I feel like, um, I think it's, it, it is, it's, it is so much clearer. I agree with you, Sarah, when you put it in terms of Japanese or piano or, you know, learning how to, you know, build a house or something like that. Like you take it step by step, but running, I, I think what, where we get caught up is that it's so easy, um, of a, of a motion, right? It's mm -hmm. so easy to, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't have a hard learning curve. You know, it doesn't have, you know, you don't need to like master a skill, you know, it's mm -hmm. not lacrosse or tennis or anything like that. And it's so black and white with your GPS, right? And so you can measure your progress so easily and so quickly where, you know, in Japanese, maybe it's a, a test every month, you know, and you progressively get better, but we don't have it. Every single mile, mm -hmm. you have a readout of how you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Of whether you're improving or not. And, and I think, that mentality, along with the idea that, hey, all I have to do is put on my shoes and my sports bra and go, mm -hmm. um, I think that can create a sensation that it's it's actually easier than it's it really is, you know, setting a PR is or doing something that, you know, means a lot to you. Mm -hmm. And it's also because we're, most of us are so used to being in academic settings that we don't know that maybe some of the metrics that we're married to um, aren't the right ones. So when you're looking at your watch and the only thing you're watching is your pace, each run needs to be faster than the one before. Where are you looking for progress? Are you looking in pro for progress in the same places that I, as your coach, would be? Um, most uh, self-taught, there's nothing wrong with being self-taught. You can go really, really far on your own in many, many disciplines. Um, but I, I would I would argue that most people could go a lot farther with the assistance of 
uh, a paid professional that is invested in your progress. And, you know, that's, you know, not just a plug for uh, working with, 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 with coach. Cause I, God knows I'm, I got plenty of love <laughs> for everybody that wants to be coached and loved over here. Um, but also just remembering that uh, more often than not, we use these metrics to beat ourselves up mm-hmm. and you will not stay the course if you're looking for progress in the wrong places, not seeing it, making yourself feel bad. You are that much more, if you're like, oh, I'm, I've been taking the piano for three months and I still can't do chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Are you going to stick with it in month four? I've been here for three months. I still haven't done X arbitrary thing. Well, is that thing that you think you should have done by now reasonable? That's where you need the guide to help you make that choice. Otherwise, all of these resolutions in any discipline is going to completely fall apart. So I know you oftentimes talk, MK, about um, doing things smart, and that's sort of what you've been leading up to. So talk to us about how um, people can go smart as they approach their goals. Well, I, without a sense of irony, call myself the lazy marathoner. I don't go hard (laughs) unless there's a specific payoff at the end. I don't work hard unless I have to. I'd Mm -hmm. like to say that I'm going smart most of the time. Um, and I encourage my clients to do the same. Um, but I'm not necessarily the best judge of my own smartness at any given day. You can just ask Tiffany. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but when I th- when you think about the sort of person that gravitates towards distance running, um, and I'm super overgeneralizing here, of course, there will always be exceptions to the rule. But on, on a broad spectrum of, of clients, they tend to be overachievers. Um, and, you know, they, they go from couch to or developing a running habit to their first marathon. Um, they do, they're used to doing 80% of the work and getting 120% of the results. Mm. Um, they, they, it, it all come, things usually come easier for them, but you, there's no way to shortcut these biological processes. So when I talk about working smart, I can sell anyone on a hard workout. Um, I can't sell anyone on doing a smart workout. And here are a couple examples. Would you be willing to cut your, your run short to make sure you got in all of the core strength um, and the, the hip strength, the, the, the SSSCs and the and foam rolling that I tell you are totally necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people are like, oh my gosh, no. If I tell you that you're crunched for time, what we need to cut out are a couple of intervals. You never, ever, 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 ever cut the cool down. Um, that blows people's minds too. Now they want to do the hard work. They don't want to do the smart work because the magic of all workouts happens in the cool down and you're, and I can never convince anyone of that because they're like more reps, more reps. Like, no, Mm -hmm. not necessarily. Um, and the third one, and probably this is the biggest one is like, are you willing to rest? There's something about overachieving distance runners, man, there's this fear. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm hoping I find out someday because it would be really fun. It's like, if I sit on the couch and I rest, then Krispy Kreme donut glaze is going to start oozing out of my pores and I'm going to literally drown in it in my living room and it's going to be awful and I can't have that. So I'd rather plug myself into the wall than rest ever. Uh And I I love me some Krispy Kreme donut glaze. I mean, I would love to know, again, this this fear is completely unfounded. If 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 this has happened to you, I want to hang out with you. Please let me know. (laughs) Sounds like Um, something that happens in Stranger Things, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But rest is its most important part of training. And I can't convince people to take it. Like, enjoy that rest day. Easy days have to be easy. So hard days can be hard. And if we're going hard, then the recovery day is when the muscle is rebuilding and repairing itself. And that is when the magic happens. That is where you get stronger. It happens on the rest day, not during the hard work. So 
if I, when, if you were to come to me and say, I would do anything to get stronger, better, and faster this year, I'd say, let's start with these three small changes, make time for the strength work that I assign. Um, you know, be okay with running a little bit slower on your easy days. So you get, you actually get the the rest in the recovery. Um, and third, just, just sleep more, actually rest, rest for real. Those three little changes, if you can commit to that in 2018, that's going to get you all a hell of a lot farther than Krav Maga or Orange Theory Fitness. And don't get me wrong, those are terrific workouts and they're, they are hard, man. I get scared just thinking about them. <laughs> um, but I can assure you that if it's your running you want to improve, those three little daily changes will get you a lot farther and are more will more directly translate into race performance than Krav Maga will, even though Krav Maga is awesome mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's, that's not just for people who are in heart rate training. That's for, if coach Amanda were her. here, she would be saying the exact same thing, right? Amanda, coach Amanda and I, one of the things I love about her is that we are so much on the same page. It's not funny. And, um, she absolutely would agree with this. We discussed a couple of the topics before mm-hmm. she had to go, she had to go out and she was absolutely in agreement. Mm-hmm. And I have to say just, you know, as a, um, you know, strength training, you know, so coach Amanda has her prehab routine that literally, I mean, she shared a a hotel room with me in Pittsburgh. She brought bands, she brought, you know, her foam rolling. I mean, she was doing her little, um, you know, adductor things and hamstring curls. And, um, and I have to say, you know, I mean, I, I definitely have always done strength, but I've never done strength with the intensity, um, that I have for this past year because of time quite mm-hmm. time and lack of interest. I mean, those are the two, you know, you don't do it until you feel like you really need to do it, right? Until you're like, oh my God, this is my only way out. Okay, I will get on the floor full of dust bunnies. I will do the clamshells. I will finally do the plank. I promise, I promise, I promise, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to say now, I just feel so much more solid. You know, granted, I, you know, I'm still not running, but it's, it's, I feel like unbreakable right now. I mean, I really do. And it's, it's a, you know, it's unbelievable to me now that I like when I leave the gym, if I haven't done, and I only do, you know, probably 15 or 20 minutes, three to four days a week. I'm not, you know, I don't go for crazy time. I don't go for crazy exercises. I'm not crossfitting. I am, but I really like when I finish a cardio workout at the gym now, if I don't head over to the mat, I feel like I've forgotten something. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a very different perspective than I had for most of my running. And I feel mm-hmm. like if I, you know, would go out and run right now, I feel like I could be a much more, um, that's not the right, I was going to say comprehensive runner. That's the wrong word, but a much more attached runner. What's the word? Like fluid, um, cohesive, cohesive. cohesive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be just like body parts trying to, trying to all be in sync. I feel like everything would support itself a lot mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that alone, I mean, talk about speed right there, you know, when like your core is talking to your legs and your arms are moving and the, you know, I don't know. I just feel like the I, whole I, kinetic chain is the moving kinetic is chain. It yeah. Is cohesion. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. just, I, it's huge. And I, it's so hard to, I mean, the only, it's, you know, being in the train, like a mother groups, um, the, the private Facebook pages a lot. I mean, and the, the, the thing that we see a lot is I, you know, people just neglect their strength and we're not here to tisk tisk you and say, you know, oh, you're bad. It's just that if, if you truly have big goals, that is the one thing that you cannot skimp on. Mm-hmm. It's making sure we all want to work smart and we all want to be efficient with our time. It's just making sure. So some corners are going to be cut. Let's make, let's get on the same page. 
about which corners you can afford to cut and still be working towards your goals in the manner that you want to. And cutting out strength is just not, that's, that's the corner most people cut. I would say that is the last one you should ever cut. And also I want to say that, you know, that a lot of people's big goals might not be in increasing or improving their speed in, tw- in 2018. And so that, but that, that comprehensive, that uh, kinetic chain can also help people who want to go longer, you know, someone who's stepping up from a 10k and wants to do their first half marathon or someone who, you know, is going to take on 26.2. All those things can help you whether distance is your goal or speed is your goal or, you know, just what longevity is your goal. You want to do this when you're 80, you need a cohesive chain working today. We need that strength today. I mean, it don't, I I certainly don't want people to hear what we're saying and think like, oh, that's not me. I don't have big goals, so I don't need to do the strength. If you intended, if this is your lifestyle choice, if this is how you live, if this is how you roll, Mm -hmm. then yeah, we need to rest, we need to recover, and we need to make sure we have strength that is specific to making sure our kinetic chain is working efficiently for decades to come. And staying injury-free. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to run a half marathon for the first time, you know what? If you get a stress fracture or an IT band issue in mile eight or in week eight of training because your body wasn't able to support the training then you're not going to run that half marathon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I, we don't mean to be like, ugh, you know, but it really is just making the right choices. And it's not hard. It is a choice. It's not hard. I mean, the stuff that I've been doing, it's clamshells, it's planks, it's glute bridges. It's not like I'm, again, I'm not going to CrossFit. I don't need any equipment other than a band, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's, you know, so there, there aren't any barriers to entry other than your motivation and your priorities. Mm-hmm. And if you, because if you find yourself saying, I'll do anything, that anything is is going to be the unsexy stuff, the stuff that Dimini was uh, just talking about. Krav Maga sounds sexy. I mean, if you Google it, you're going to see sexy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, yeah. And it's still in my head, and I found I discovered this this discipline two weeks ago. It's like that's how much time I've spent on my bed googling it. So. Um. All right. Okay, gal. So let's get to the meat of the matter. Setting good goals or realistic resolutions to ensure success and decrease frustration. So let's start with embracing a secret goal. Yay. That's my rule number one. That secret goal, like I said, until you've started working towards it, it's your dream. And I'm never going to talk you out of your dream. No one, God knows no one has ever been able to talk me out of any of mine. Um, even, but the, the things we, the reason we don't say them is because they sound so out of reach or so audacious or, um, even as, as women were sort of, we're conditioned not to think or talk that way, not, you know, about, you know, oh, this is the the big, the really big thing I want to do. Um, we keep that to ourselves, and we passive aggressively hope that it'll happen um, instead of taking like the 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 really solid next best step towards it. So instead of feeling bad about that thing that you want, I say just like turn towards it and be like, yes, I want this, and I'm going to do this, and understand that you know it'll be a series of small steps to get there, but that can't happen until you fully embrace that goal. So whatever it is, you want to. Losing 50 pounds, learning Italian, playing the piano, running a marathon, running Leadville. Um, I, those are just the, the, the things that I've, I've heard recently about people's <laughs> New Year's resolutions. So they're at the forefront of my mind. Um, but yeah, I, you know, accept it. It's a dream until we start working towards it. And let's make those New Year's resolutions um, by, by the positive, proactive steps that will get you, that will make that dream come true. And, and I think the biggest thing to emphasize here is that it's not, there's no time on it. There's yes. no I've got to qualify for Boston by my 40th birthday. I've got to do this by July because, and I've got to do this, you know, um, you know, and a lot of our 
we've been working with uh, Justin Ross in uh, Dr. Justin Ross, the sports psychologist. And, um, and he says that again and again, like, can you qualify for Boston? Sure. But it was, might take four or five years. Maybe as long as you have the motivation and the perspective that you need, that it's not going to happen in 2018. It may happen for some people in 2018, but you know, if I wanted to go, I mean, I'll just put it out there. One of the things in my mind sometimes is riding the Leadville 100. I don't want to run it, but I think about riding it. I, I'm shit on a mountain bike right now. Excuse my language, but I mean, I would break my collarbone right now if I, I just went. Just wanted to- the, the world to know that it, it was not me that cursed for on this podcast. <laughs> Merry Christmas to MK. But but I start thinking about it, and I start thinking, okay, well, where would I start? Well, I'd have to ask for a mountain bike. I need a mountain bike that fits me. Then I need to go to some very beginner trails, and I'd have to get comfortable riding with other people around me on the trails, and then I'd have to do different length races. And I mean, I, you know, I could probably, I probably have the endurance to go do it today. Um, you know, could I, but do I have the skills? No. Do I have the techniques? No. You know, and that's, so that's, those are the, the weaknesses that I would need to work on, you know, mm-hmm. and I would see it coming out for me maybe in like 2021 or 2022, if I, you know, if I don't break every bone on my body before that, <laughs> you know, um, so that's what, so that's a secret goal. I mean, I've never said that out loud, but God, I think about it all the time. You know, yeah. well, that's sort of where I, I love. I love to hear that. I didn't know that. Like, I know like it's a different type of fat tire in your house. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's where people kind of get um, get get caught up. If you've heard of the SMART goals framework that tends to be published a lot this time of year, the goal needs to be specific and measurable. Um, I, f- I forget the rest, but one of them has a, a T. Has, it's it, timely. As it's it's timely, so you need to have a time frame attached to it. And the it you need to have a time frame attached to starting, but not to finishing. So I feel like mm. the, this is where uh, overachievers go wrong with that framework because they're like, okay, I've got to qualify for Boston by June. It's going to happen at this race on this day, and this is how. Okay, and it's like mm. I think what that what the writers of the framework wanted you to think was, I'm going to start taking those steps. I have to get through January first because it's AAA hockey season, and my son plays and. Um, I'm not going to have access to a gym. So I'm going to start on February the 1st. Mm-hmm. Like that's how, that's how I think they wanted you to look at it, but that's just not what we do. We look at the, at the, the time to accomplish and you cannot do that with a dream or a secret goal because it takes time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, and I know I'm going off script here, Sarah, but I want to put this out there because I think it's really important. And again, like, I don't want to be the Debbie downer of this thing, but it kind of sucks to reach your goals sometimes because then, then you left with this what if feeling, Right. And, or what now? What now? I mean, you know, Ironman was my goal forever and I'm so glad that I did it and I had the best day ever and I wouldn't want to replace it at all. But I mean, it's that, now what? Exactly. Well, I just did this thing that I've been thinking about since I was like, you know, 10 years old and Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's definitely emptiness is the wrong word because there's, there's a huge sense of accomplishment. There's lots of pride. There's all that, but you know, there is that feeling of, I really wanted to qualify for Boston. I ran Boston. Now what? I really wanted to do this. I did that. Oh my gosh, now I need something else. And so there, there is, there's real joy in the journey of working towards what that goal is. And I think we are so sometimes focused on, you know, seeing that number, seeing that BQ number, seeing that, you know, 13.1 number, if you want to do a half marathon that you forget that like every day you show up and you get to do this thing that you're working towards. And I just, I mean, I just think it's important sometimes because I think we look, get so focused on this one thing that you forget like, oh my the gosh, process. the day after. Yeah, the post-race blues are real and the post-race 
blues after you achieve a goal, I think are even more significant sometimes totally. or can be more significant. Mm-hmm. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we all need help reaching our goals and fulfilling our resolutions. Um, you know, what, talk a little bit more about how, how to, you know, hire help, trust help. Cause I think that's, you know, MK earlier talking about hiring somebody, but I think it's a lot of people second guess the advice that they get. I do. And it's funny. I'm, I'm always surprised when I feel like people hire me so they can be like, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I know you will. I know you will. I believe in you. I'm your advocate. I'm not your adversary. Um, I feel like there's a, a lot of us um, have been driven at different points in our lives by um, timeframes and perceptions that are punitive instead of productive. And it's easy to fall back into those patterns of, you know, looking for going to be too hard on myself and find ways to be better and all this pressure with all this pressure, a diamond is going to come out the end. um, (laughs) I'm I'm like, if you're applying pressure to the wrong thing, like, no, that that you're not going to have a diamond. You're going to have a cracked countertop and your husband's going to be pissed. (laughs) So (laughs) where we have a crack in ours now, I slam something down on it too hard. I was like, where did that come from? I don't know what this crack is. I didn't see the analogy. Real life. Real life. We've been, we've been, we've been redoing the kitchen for a year and now we're going to have to redo the countertop because I screwed up. Yay. Santa's not happy with me right now. <laughs> oh boy. I don't, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Um, but yeah, so when you, the, the thing, hiring help doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make, make you lesser in any way. We've, we've been inured again in this beautiful American culture of ours. Like I was born in a log cabin and I built with my own two hands. Um, and we're very reluctant to ask for help um, objective third-party advice or guidance of any sort. Um, And I'd say like, you're not going to get to that goal of learning Italian without an instructor or learning the piano without the instructor. And I'd say you'll probably reach your, if you have a running related goal, you're going to reach it a lot faster with a coach that's helping you look for, um, helping you stay productive instead of punitive saying, Hey, you know, maybe it wasn't as fast as you wanted to go today, but look how many miles you logged this month. Look how far you've come. Stop looking at how far you've yet to go because you're going to get overwhelmed. Let's look back and see what you've done and really take some pride in those accomplishments and use that motivation to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, coaches like we, we don't make any money guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. We do it in, in all disciplines. Um, we do it because we love it. We do it because we love the sport or the process of helping people reach those goals. We do it for so many reasons um, that, you know, come, come take advantage of us. We're, we're grossly underpaid and we really don't cost a whole lot. (laughs) If you'd hire one for your kids, why wouldn't you hire one for yourself? Well, that's right there. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. We hire. Yeah. I think I, I, I agree with everything she says and not, and not in a self-serving train, like a mother way, but I mean, every coach that I've ever hired also had a coach Mm -hmm. like, the expert that I thought was the expert also had someone else telling them what to do. And there's so much freedom. There is so much freedom and relief when you have somebody looking out for you, when you have somebody telling you, you know what, you need a rest day. Mm-hmm. Because if we were good at following orders, right? You tell me what to do, I'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if you decide, oh, today's a rest day, then you second guess yourself. I'm not sure I should probably go, you know? But Nothing if you're coach- lazy, did I really earn it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We, we'll talk ourselves, we'll use good logic to make bad choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just think, I think that there's some real, you know, I mean, that's what I hear a lot just with the training plans. It's just so nice to take the thinking out of it, right? Because you think about so many other things anyway. And so to, you know, whether you hire a private coach or- 
do whatever you need to do to, or join a running club that has a coach or whatever. You know, there's lots of ways to, to get into having somebody have your back. And that is really important. Because mm-hmm. the, the one thing I can say is that, and I can say this with, with assurance, no one is going to care about your goal and your progress more than I will, including you a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, as Jimmy can attest, <clears throat> I trained her a couple of years ago. Um, and, and there's something freeing and beautiful about that too, to be like, okay, this person is invested and to trust what they say and just go with it. Um, it's, it might not be on the time frame that you expected, but that time frame might not have been reasonable anyway, but to have that, that productive conversation, um, and positive feedback, um, on, on a regular basis. I mean, God, there's nowhere you can't go with a good coach. Yeah. That natural talent will never supersede the need to have a coach. Like all the best athletes and best, the best of anything in the world still has have coaches. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so during this time of year, especially as moms, we can place so many demands on ourselves. Um, so it's important to remember to be kind to yourself when you set 2018 expectations, right? Totally. I mean, if you're not where you want to be yet, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I mean, I feel like we set a lot of these resolutions wanting to change either something we don't like or who we are, or it comes out of a conversation that makes us feel bad. And again, that whole productive versus punitive to keep going back to that framework. Like I have to even do that to myself sometimes. Like, am I just beating myself up or am I actually letting myself off the hook right now? Um, It's so, I feel like there's always pressure to do more and be more. And sometimes just being kind, if the goal doesn't make you feel good, if the pursuit of that goal doesn't make you feel good, if keeping that resolution doesn't make you feel better, stronger, safer, happier, or um, not superior, but er in some way, then (laughs) what's, it's not going to stick. And what's it all for? I mean, God knows I'm not going to stick with anything that makes me feel bad about myself for very long. And, you know, but I, but I, I'm, I'm the weak, lazy marathoner. So of course I'm not maybe. <laughs> and if that, and if that's who you are, that's, you know, that's fine. But is, is it better? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. So truth time, ladies, it's our turn now. Uh, let's all divulge our new year's resolutions. Uh, Dim, you go first and then coach MK. <laughs> How about you go first? Um, well, cause, cause, uh, I knew this question was coming and, um, I still don't have any. <laughs> Well, I, I knew it was coming too, and I don't. Have, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about it. You know, I, 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 I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't set resolutions really, um, just because I feel like um, they, it's almost like uh, going for a race, you know, or setting out a race, and you go out too strong, and then by the end, like you know, come November, I'm like, wait, what did I even care about at the beginning of this year? I don't remember, you know. So, um, so you know, for me, I would like 2018 to. Um, be peaceful, um, you know, uh, spiritually and physically. Mm-hmm. I can use, you know, just a nice, easy road. I don't want to be injured. I don't want to hurt anymore. Um, I mean, yeah, that 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 would be mm-hmm. probably an easy one for me to go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my year's resolution is no big goals. I think that would be no big goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What about you, Sarah? So yeah, I mean, I uh, I would like to. Um keep my running in a place where I don't feel older at the end of it. Um, uh-huh. that, uh, you know, 
that it's easy to to run a number of days a week at, at a certain distance and just then kind of hobble around for a good part of the day or be really stiff when I stand up after you know sitting with the dog in my lap for too long that sort of thing so I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to uh, blame it on Augie blame yeah, it on yeah, Augie yeah. grab him to your chest in Bjorn <laughs> so so uh so I would uh like to um remain as spry as possible how about that <laughs> Yeah. Sounds good to me. That sounds good. Yeah. 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 So, um, yes. Yeah. I think we got, I mean, I think we all have a good year ahead. I mean, MK's got a good rebuilding year. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a year of transition and you've got a year of, um, dog training. (laughs) (laughs) I know my year is going to be focused on, um, me, the one demon that, um, I know I'll be staring down 2018 is um, it's a little a little something I've never quite gotten over. Ever since I moved to Denver, at this phase of my life, there's no one that knew me back when I was fast, when I was at my race weight. Um, and it curdles my insides down to my toes when people look at me and they're like, "You're a coach. Hmm. You you coach you coach running. Hmm. Oh, and they're never they don't think they're being cruel about it. But I I know that look and I know that confusion. And I hate it. So mm. I'm going to be my, my, and that, that can lead to, again, bad choices when I've exited that conversation in that situation. So 2018 for me is going to be about focusing on my body, meeting it where it's at. Mm-hmm. This has been a rough pregnancy. If I can run at the end of it, yay, doing whatever it takes, um, no matter how unsexy. Uh, in a step-by-step formulaic basis to get me back to running and where I want to be so I can get back on my track, uh, back on track with my goal of trying to set um, new PRs in by, by 2022. I know. 2022, I love how that year comes up for both of you. So I, uh, we will have to uh, re-air this podcast or something right before we go into 2022 to see how you gals are doing with, you know, Dimity yeah. uh, cycling the Leadville 100. Well, I don't and... know. I mean, it's, that's a pretty scary, that's a pretty scary one. I mean, oh my really... goodness. Oh, I, I mean, I, I think my collarbone bone just snapped just listening to you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's why I need to do it. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm, I have not, it's just been something on my mind. I mean, I do like big long endurance events. That's kind yeah, of my, sure do. um, that's kind of my, corner. And so, um, we'll see, but I loved how you talked about it too. I mean, think about all the people that come to us and they want to do like a 50 K or an ultra or some huge trail run. And I'm like, but you don't have instincts on the trails yet. You don't have, um, you know, not that, you, not yeah. that everyone needs the wilderness training I had to go through when I did the McElhose because that was this, the dumbest thing I've ever done. But all that just to say that there is, it's a, it's a different sport completely. It's a different skill set to acquire. And it's not just, I'm get this thing that I always do. I'm going to do the same thing somewhere else. And I love your approach and the way that you're thinking about it and the way that you're saying um, this, w- if I do this, it will take time. The question is, do I want to set down that road or not? And I wish everyone would think about their New Year's resolutions that way. This is my secret goal. The next step would be to get on trails a lot on my bike. Mm, maybe know, this isn't the year I can't back. do it during well, volleyball season. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and we'll stop this conversation, but I mean, I think a lot of people have to think about timing too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because I did Ironman when my kids were both in school, you know, and, and, you know, now we're coming out to, you know, coming into middle school, high school. And maybe it is something that I pick up, you know, when Amelia's in college and so that I have more time and, you know, Ben doesn't, you know, need me or whatever. Thinking back, <laughs> would you have been able to do the Ironman training with lacrosse and Amelia? No, and no, 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 definitely not. Right no, no. 
or I would have driven myself crazy trying to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies. Anyway. All right, some some interesting revelations in this podcast. So thanks so much for joining us, MK. And um, Dim, I think you're going to take us over to the Train Like a Mother Club, maybe? Absolutely. I am. And um, I want to go back to stride into the holidays because we're just coming out of the holidays. Um, and uh, I'm very proud to announce that we raised over $14,000 for nice. – um, Two charities, Heart Strides and 261 Fearless, 261 Fearless, mm-hmm. um, which are both charities that we believe so solidly in because they promote promote forward movement just like mm-hmm. the Stride programs do. So mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is uh, just from Jennifer. I managed all the workouts and I loved all of them. I love the way I felt anticipating them and celebrating them. I failed at the rest days. We're going to have to talk about that, Jennifer, in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and the self-care. Exactly. I love the gift exchange and all the posts. I love how women who are strangers can become fast friends in five weeks. I love how Dimity can make us all feel like our BRF. That, that was very nice. Um, and I hope to see you all again in one of the many AMR training programs in the future. Yeah. I just thought that was very sweet. Yeah, we hope so, so too. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. Well, to stay current with all things AMR, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the mother runner. And if you dig Dim and me, she's at Dimity on the run. And I'm at SBS on the run because I'll admit it's one of my 2018 goals to hit 10,000 followers on Twitter. So so help me reach my goal, please. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So uh, our podcast is a member of the ACAST network and our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Many happy, happy miles. Happy miles.